Psalm 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And I'm just hoping it's not your desire for the Patriots to win today. Because, you know, aren't the Seahawks playing? Oh, shoot. No. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy. Today I'm in it for the commercials. Anybody else with me right there? That's, I've avoided the commercials online for the very purpose of seeing them firsthand on the TV. Um, so in our house, we go, shh, there's a commercial at the commercials during the Super Bowl. Kind of fun. Um, we're talking about during this series, and this is the final talk here, about expecting more, experiencing more in life, and ultimately... Uh, why do we make choices and fill our lives up with things that continue to fall short of a full life, continue to lead us into places of disappointment or being overwhelmed when we have this opportunity right in front of us to take delight in all that God would bring into our life? And our very foundation of this church, Open Life, which is nine years old, uh, is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, which says, we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you become so dear to us. Delighted. I mean, we are delighted to love people. We're delighted to serve people. We're delighted to share our lives with one another, and it's all this cyclical process that the more we do it, the more we love it, the more we enjoy it and get life and really live a life of, of delight. What does it look like to exemplify that to a world that is trying to find their answer, trying to find their hope, trying to find their enjoyment or delight? So why do we choose not to love? Why do we close our eyes to the constant potential around us of changing the world with just an act of service or love for somebody. John 10.10 10 says that the thief, speaking of the devil, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, this is Jesus talking, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full the full, like ultimately full. The thief wants to come and have you wait another day. In fact, the thief would be completely complacent if you're complacent. The enemy just wants us to take our time and not have a sense of urgency. Don't sign up for re-engage this session. Your marriage is, you know, it's, have you seen those commercials? It's okay. Right? Those, those okay commercials are hilarious to me. Whether it's the guy getting a tattoo, I mean, the commercial's not even during the Super Bowl. Here I go, right? Uh, there, the guy getting a tattoo, and he's like, are, do, do you know what you're doing? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm okay. Aren't you supposed to trace it first? Stay in your lane, bro. You know, um, that commercial's hilarious, or the guy fixing the brakes, and they're like, uh, are you good with brakes? He's like, oh, we're okay. Like, what? I don't want you to fix my brakes if you're just okay. The surgery I just saw this week where the nurse is there and they're nervous and they're like, is this a, a pretty easy procedure? Well, 
It's okay. The doctor's okay. Doctor walks in and he's shouting in the hallway to people, just guess who just got reinstated, bro? And walks into the room. Hey, okay, what are we doing? You know, it's just like, no, no, no. We don't want just okay. We, yet we settle for just okay because we listen to this lie. And then we live this life where we're just roommates in our marriage. We're living undivorced when we could put a little effort into it. Instead of letting the enemy still kill and destroy. Students, man, I could just go to, I can go play in the snow some other day. I don't need to invest in a one-day snow camp experience for my life or my friends. I don't need to bring people with me. I, I just, you know, there will be another year, another event. Still kill and destroy is what the enemy wants to do, right? Ladies, you know, why spend the day with other like-minded women that want to make a difference in the world. How boring would that be, right? I'm just going to stay home. I need some me time, right? I'm going to stay home and still kill and destroy. You never know what God will inspire in you when you sign up for something like that. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to keep a hold of my money. I know there's 16 people who want to go on missions trips, but I'm not going to give towards that because it's like, I really need the latest upgrade on my, you know, tablet. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just need that backup camera in my car, so I'm not going to invest in, in helping people go lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus on the other side of the world. There's all kinds of things we buy into, and we rob ourselves of a blessing, right? Rob ourselves of the potential life has to offer. The enemy is completely satisfied for us to enjoy the status quo, but Jesus didn't come. God did not send his son to this world so that we could just get by or live an okay life. God sent his son Jesus to this world so that you could live a life to the full, beyond normal, right? And that's our big idea today. God wants you to live a full life, full life. I like how Luke 6 describes this, says in, in verse 43, a good tree, so again, Jesus teaching, says a good tree produces, uh, or a good tree, tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. God has designed you to be a good tree, right? He's put you here to be this tree of life to those around you and wants you to tap into the source of goodness in this world and take delight in its riches, this opportunity we have to love people and, and to serve people. Simple, tiny acts of courage make all the difference to break us out of the status quo, if you will, the enemy's attempt to still kill and destroy uh, and live a few, full life. It's just simple 20 seconds of courage that allow us to serve someone in a way that, that like, maybe you would never have done before. You feel that little unction of the Holy Spirit inside you and you walk across the room and say an encouraging word to someone. 
We talked about serving last week, right? And, and how blessed we are to be able to serve and how we get to serve everybody. And with that in the back of my mind, not on the front of my conscience, honestly, we were sitting at, uh, having a meeting at Starbucks this week and, and going up to get my power juice, coffee, right? Straight black coffee, dark if it's roasted at the time. So I'm going up to just go, man, I'm, I'm ready for my cup of coffee. I'm in line to get it. And behind me, I, I hear the sound of something dropping on the ground. You know, the most dreaded sound is a phone dropping on the ground. It's like, it hurts everybody in the room. This wasn't that sound. I turn around, I see a pair of glasses there and, and someone there in line that had dropped their glasses and didn't notice it. So I just reached down, grabbed their glasses and said, here, here ma'am, I, you dropped these. And, and she said, well, th thank you. Thank you. And, and that was a great sermon you gave this last Sunday. And I was like, whoa, glad I didn't miss that opportunity, right? I was like, holy moly, that would have been bad if I was just like, you want to get those? You dropped them. You know, that would have been not good application of the sermon. So I was laughing at myself. I was like, what was that? You know, that was awesome. And uh, so fun, so fun. But those moments are all, there's just simple little moments. And when they become just reflex, reaction, what can that do to the world around us? God doesn't want you to be an example of being trampled on. I don't want to take this side. I, I think I've known people who think, if I'm going to serve God, it's like a, I just always have to be in this posture of woe is me. Have you met those who've made a decision to follow Jesus? And, and it's like you hear about everything they gave up instead of everything they've gained in their relationship. They're always wanting to sacrifice. They're always wanting to tell you about what they're not doing because they're following Jesus. And it makes it really unappealing. <laughs> I knew people like that before I made a decision to follow Jesus and thought, yeah, why would I want to do that? It sounds kind of like a bummer, <laughs> you know? I'm kind of having fun in life. And as this college student, I was like, these guys going to church talk about all the stuff they can't do. That's no fun. What if we start to, to really dwell on the things we, we can do through our relationship with Jesus? I think that mindset of woe is me, is, it's, it's called self-atoning. I don't know if you've heard about this, but when Jesus went to the cross and gave up his body and shed his blood for our sins, that, that word that, that, that he did there is atonement. He, he, he cleansed our sins with his blood. It's atonement. And sometimes we try to earn favor with God, if you will, through the things we sacrifice. And we self-atone like we think we have to get on the cross. Jesus already did that for us. He did that so that we could live life to the full and take advantage of all the opportunities around us to make this world an incredible place that serves everybody, where we experience abundance and blessing. God does serve us while we're in want, and He uses our life for the benefit of many when we're in abundance. And he doesn't put us in this position of just woe is me, humble state all the time. He can bless us so we can bless others. God's not focused on what you gave up in order to follow him as much as he's focused on what you gain by following him. God wants you to live life to the full. And a couple thoughts on that today. He wants you to live a life through Jesus, thought one. Life through Jesus. Well, that's kind of obvious, right? 
Well, is it? Because I think sometimes those of us who've made a decision to follow Jesus and maybe those of us who've yet to in the room and are still in that exploration phase of life. I shared last week, I sat in church for six months going, really? Is this? Hmm. You know, and just thinking through it, that's fine if you're in that place. But we, we get to this place where if we just challenge you to love each other and serve each other over and over again and don't really say it's, it's loving and serving out of the fruit of making a decision to follow Jesus, then we're going to miss like this most important part. We need to choose to follow Jesus. John 20, 31 says, these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Life begins like this full life starts when we believe in Jesus. When we finally get to the point where we're like, I confess you as Jesus, the Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I can't do it myself. I need your grace and mercy. I invite you into my life. Boom. There's a fresh new life to live. We go from exploration to faith, head to heart, right? And loving and serving alone don't bring life. In fact, if you try to do it on your own and you work your hardest, you will be overwhelmed because it's works. It's Old Testament faith. It's like, if I do this, maybe God will save me. No, no, no. He saved you. He went to the cross for you. We need to believe in that and put our faith in that. He wants every corner of our life to be surrendered. And we kind of sang songs like that today, right? Where it's like, there's nothing left in me. It's just every corner, everything in me. Saturate my life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And we have this imagery of the true life to be lived through Jesus. Loving and serving. And Jesus gives us this heart to even love and serve more. Life comes when we begin to love, and, and, and uses this imagery. There's a couple imageries we get, which we'll talk about today, but the, the imagery of light and the imagery of overflow. Life comes first, and it overflows into love and service. Or light comes into our life and consumes us so much that we radiate that light to the world around us. We do not love in order to experience delight. The delight of being loved inspires us to love. Listen to this. 1 John 4, 15. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Now catch this, such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. We were loved first. 
So now we love, right? We talked about this last week. We serve those we love. We love those we serve. We were served by God sending his son Jesus initially. That love inspires us then to love others. We're loved first. And when we embrace that initial love and, and, and follow Jesus, we have this greater capacity to love the world around us. Not in order to earn favor with God out of the favor we've received from God. Without the foundation of Jesus inspiring you to love, it becomes work. It's too much for you to carry, as I mentioned. And so we need to do this imagery that Jesus shares of being the light of the world out of a relationship with him. This light comes through us in such a powerful way that it brings light to the world around us. And it's in, in Luke eleven thirty six that he really expresses this clearly when he says, if you are filled with light, with no dark corners then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Jesus didn't come for us to protest the darkness. Jesus didn't come for us to keep ourselves out of the darkness. Uh, I'm just going to live in such a way that darkness doesn't touch me. I'm going to go bury myself in a hole and hopefully keep right with God. No, you'll sin because we're sinners, right? We're going to make mistakes. He came for us to be filled with light so that we could then overcome the darkness. With light, your life is purposed to shine. The church should be radiant. We're supposed to be a radiant example to the world around us. As the great lyricist said, Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. I was hoping somebody would get that. There you go. That's pretty good. Um, I sat in a meeting this week um, brainstorming how to engage people in conversation and, and connect with one another so that they could uh, commit themselves to giving more hours of service and, and partnering with different agencies in the White River uh, School District, ultimately, in the White River communities, uh, and just brainstorming, how could we make this community a better place? And so we're brainstorming around this table and uh, the potential of hundreds of more hours being served and, and agencies having hundreds of more people volunteering with them. And, and uh, it was pretty fun to be in a meeting like that where my creative brain just goes crazy and throw out stuff. And one of the gentlemen leading the meeting pulled me aside afterwards and used words I just haven't quite heard outside of maybe reading an Erwin McManus book or something. And he said this, he said, uh, he, he said, I'm so glad you're in these meetings. The narrative you bring to the room is so refreshing. The narrative you bring to the room is so refreshing. It's full of the upside for life. Being that this talk was prepared and I had that in my head already, I was like, wait, that's kind of what we're talking about here is, is we have Jesus living within us, and we now have this possible, this potential to like shine around us. And when we walk into a room, our narrative should be refreshing. Like, we should be bringing light. So what I immediately did, honestly, on my way out the door, I was like, thank you, God, that I get to be in rooms like this to be your light 
Thank you, God, that I get to represent you in this space through my involvement with Open Life, and we get to make a difference in our communities in such a tremendous way. And, and I was just very grateful to live out the Word. John 1, 4 says, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. When we're in a room, whether it be at work or at school or on our team or wherever we're at, do we bring light and an incredible narrative into that space? And when we do it, do we realize Jesus was the first step? Thought two, we bring life. God wants you to have life to the full, and that's life shared with people. Life was never meant to do alone. Again, 1 Thessalonians 2.8 said, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you'd become so dear to us. A shared life is a full life. We just need to get better at like living life open and sharing our lives with one another. And it's not like, I'm not talking about oversharing, <laughs> you know. I'm talking about just opening our lives up to new relationships that are mutually encouraging and point to Jesus and His glory. When we share our lives with others by loving and serving them, our experience together fills us with overflowing love for each other. You know, it's, it's like it doesn't matter what scenario they're in, we get to serve them at their place of need, and that actually feeds life back into us. Our weekly communication meetings happen at uh, Craft 19 usually is our most consistent place on Wednesday mornings, so if you see us there drinking coffee, we're... We are addicts, but we're, you know, there to get some ministry done wherever there's coffee and internet. And so uh, we're there on Wednesday morning, and, and oftentimes at this one particular place where they serve crepes and coffee, they pour the coffee and, like, make designs in the cups and stuff, but they do it to where that cup is extremely full. Has anybody gone there and discovered this? Like, the, the it's arched almost. The liquid has an upward form on the cup. Like it, they get as much in there as possible. And there's an entertaining game, I'm a people watcher, uh, to watch is when somebody gets their coffee off the counter, can they make it to the seat without spilling it? Luckily, the cups are on a plate. Rarely do they succeed, right? So it's fun to watch it's entertaining to see how messy, because people start to panic when they see it overflow. They just like, you know, they start to, they don't know what to do, and things start to get messy, and then they forget that it overflowed, and they take their cup, and they put it on their table, or their computer, or their, I don't know why you'd set your open cup of coffee on your computer. I may not have ever seen that, but you know, you just, you see, and it, it makes a mark, right? It leaves the coffee ring wherever it is and ruins their papers, and there's always cleanup. It's fun to watch. I got to be, it's this evil little side of me. Here, I'll pick somebody's glasses up at one and laugh at somebody spilling at the other. I don't know. I need Jesus, but I just look at this and go, you know, their coffee overflows, and, and Jesus gives this imagery, as we've already talked about a little bit, but He gives us other imagery beyond light. He gives us imagery of overflowing in our love for the world around us. It, we get this imagery that is the, the same as the coffee, where those of us that have life and life to the full, we should be ready to just spill at any moment 
with love and service to the world around us, with life, with delight. Philippians 1.9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Wow. That your love will overflow. I, I want to pray that prayer over you today. That your love will overflow. Like you'll have life to the full and overflowing. One of the most powerful ways we can share our lives with others is to pray for them. It just ignites something in us, doesn't it? When we see the needs of people and we know what's going on in people's lives and we can just pray for them specifically, we love it. We pray for the prayer requests you write on the back of your Connect card or you send in an email during the course of the week. It goes out to the prayer team the next day when you send out a prayer and it's not marked confidential. If it's marked confidential, our staff prays for it. They get it in their email. It's just like, it's such an honor to pray. And it also increases our love for you and each other when we're praying for one another, when we know your needs. And I look at that and I go, what a way to grow in love. It's such a behind-the-scene thing. But the writer of Philippians gets it. He continued not only to pray. They had discovered Jesus. They had discovered his love. They were loving each other and serving one another. But he still was like, more, overflowing, because the world around us needs so much more love. When your love for life overflows, it makes a mark on the world around you. The same as that coffee cup, when it overflows, leaves that coffee ring on a table or a paper, maybe a computer, you know, just overflow. First Thessalonians 3.12, it may, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. Love for one another and for all people. Groups are designed so that we can grow in relationship with each other and Jesus, right? So we can unite around and have a conversation, maybe over a meal or, or a study or whatever the environment is created to be so that we could grow in a relationship with, with each other and with Jesus. But we're not only being challenged with that here. We're being challenged here that we should love all people without overflow. It means people that aren't like us that don't see like us or have the same political view of us, that don't have the same worldview, but we're still going to love them to overflowing. That's the challenge at hand. Do we love like this? How can we love like this? We need to just be saturating the world around us with love. All people need to grow and love to overflowing. May it be hard for the world around us to feel unloved. And if somebody's in your blast radius, your relationship circle, if you're in their class, if they're in your class, if they're at your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, better be tough for them to feel unloved. Because we're being challenged all over Scripture to be filled with more love and overflowing love. And it's that kind of love that drove Jesus to just look at people and weep because he could see people that were harassed and helpless look around you the world around us is overwhelmed we often do it to ourselves we make choices to ourselves 
that lead us to a place of being completely overwhelmed. But God has come that we may have life and peace of mind through a relationship with Him and then overflow that into the world around us. What an honor. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together, and make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. We can't outgive God. He's going to keep pouring the love in more and more. And if we're overflowing on the world around us, guess what? We're just going to be filled with more. But if we're trying to serve and love out of sacrificial earning love from God, we'll burn out because we were never intended to work our way into relationship with Him. We now just get to enjoy a relationship with Him. He did the work of the cross and the resurrection. Now we get to do the work of love out of that, through that relationship. Our action point is interesting today. Live the life you've chosen. Here's the challenge. Some of us have yet to choose to follow Jesus, and that's okay. I was that person <laughs> for six months sitting there going, eh. I, I'll never forget the first time I, I heard a song that the whole song was, we will worship the Lamb of glory. We will worship the King. We will worship the Lamb of glory. And musically, I was musical. I, I went to the University of Washington uh, drama school for musicals, and that's kind of my gig was to sing and dance and do crazy stuff like that. And, uh, and so I was moved by music. That was cool. But what were these words? Why are we worshiping sheep and stuff? I didn't understand this. This lamb imagery I was clueless about. And we're talking about we will worship the lamb of glory. We will worship the king. And, and so I knew there had to be meaning to it. And it tripped me out. And my weird meter was like firing off in the red zone. And I did that for six months trying to figure out what's going on around me. You know, it's kind of a foreign language at first. It's okay if that's you. But there comes a point where we have to just go, okay, I dig what, everything I'm hearing and I need to cross this line of faith and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to I wanna serve you as Lord and Savior. I, just, I, I no longer want to just know about you. I want to know you. I want to live life through you, Jesus. And you live through me. Because when you see that person hurting, you don't have the capacity to love them enough without the love of the Holy Spirit flowing through you to touch them in a way that only He knows they need. Unconditionally, without any strings attached. But God needs you in the community to do that. The words of hope that need to be shared with the people in a room. The narrative you bring, right? When you find yourself in a space to invest in the lives of others. It's time we surrender our life to Jesus fully. Every bit of us. Let that light come and take every corner as Jesus challenged. Like a spotlight within us that radiates out. That's what the church is supposed to be in the world. And for those of us, and this really kind of hits the nail on the head in my opinion. For those of us who've known Jesus. Like we've made this decision to invite Jesus into our life as Lord and Savior and 
and we want to follow him, but we haven't necessarily been living our life like a follower of Jesus, this is a good reminder of the potential if we do live our life as a follower of Jesus, of the difference we can make in the world around us, the influence God desires us to have. It's time we live life delighted in loving, delighted in serving, delighted in sharing our lives with all people that we overflow on the world around us. Delight returns to you. And a passage that's always caught me because of its last two words, I'm going to read in closing before I pray for you today. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I mean, you can live life at the status quo or live a true life rich in good works. There's work to be done in our community. Thousands of people who don't know Jesus. There's opportunity for us to be generous here and around the world. There's an opportunity for us to overflow with love. God wants you to live a full life. He wants you to live true life. So God, I thank you that you give us this opportunity to open up your word and read these passages that bring life to life. First and foremost, we must surrender our life to you, Jesus, and invite you into our life to take our life and transform our, everything about us, ultimately. And I pray that, God, you would allow people to cross that line of faith today. They've been exploring and You've reached their head. They've been questioning whether you're real or not. I pray you'd make yourself so tangibly real right now that as their heart's pounding in their chest and they know this is their day, they would say, I choose to follow Jesus today. I invite you into my life as my Lord and Savior, and I want to live for you a life that overflows and impacts the world around me with love, the joy of serving, the delight of life. May they live life to the full. God, I pray that for every one of us. That this week as we have opportunity, may our eyes be open and our ears be in tune with the opportunities around us that every day brings that we could lift up our eyes and see the opportunities to love everybody. The opportunities to overflow with your love in this community. To make a mark that would glorify you and you alone. I thank you for what's stirring in our hearts for the future, for the city for the world around us. Use us, God, and allow us to enjoy this life that is to the full, true life through Jesus. In your name we pray. 
Amen. I want you to turn over that connect card or open it back up on your phone if you have it. And just let us know what Jesus is up to in your world. Share your prayer requests with us. We do pray for you every week. And we would love to celebrate what God is doing. Check any boxes that apply. Go to the next steps. Sign up for all those things. Don't let the enemy rob you of opportunities that are right at hand. We're excited for your life that's going to love and overflow. Worship team's going to sing.